following podcast is scheduled for one fall. Hailing from the Pro Wrestling Tees headquarters in Chicago, Illinois, they are your hosts of the PWT cast, Scrub and Stank! Bang, bang, what is up, you guys? Welcome to episode 113 of the PWT cast. My name is Scrump. The official podcast of Pro Wrestling Tees. We bring this to you every Monday right here on this very feed for free. If you already aren't, make sure you're following us on social media. We're at PWTCast on Instagram and Twitter. Give us a like, give us a, a, a follow, a retweet, all, all that good stuff. And as well as if you're interested in hearing more from us, we do have a Patreon, patreon.com forward slash PWTCast. We just recently released this last week an episode of 2019's uh, The Joker. Uh, it was really fun interview, if I could say, from, from Dave and myself. And, uh, you know, if you enjoy our movie reviews, there's uh, some fun news coming uh, as far as that goes. Um, but, Dave, um, I guess I got to address the uh, the elephant in the room, the stuffy elephant in the room. Um, I don't know if you guys can tell. I'm a little congested. Um, sound a little, you sound a little uh, stuffy there. I, I, I do, yeah. And, you know, uh, bef- before we get into my health update, let's get into yours. Cause, you know, for those who missed it, um, you know, Dave's, Dave, Dave's been uh, out of action for, uh, you know, for about the last, what, like two weeks or so? I could get close to it, yeah, about 10 days. Yeah. Um, how, well, what's, what's the health update there? How, how are you feeling? So I'm, I'm COVID-free. I, I, I took my tests, uh, my rapid test and my lab test came back in negative. Everything's flagged as normal, so uh, you know. The weird thing is, you know. So last week, I yeah, I mentioned I I had tested positive. Um, immediately after I got that positive test, I started f- like freaking out. I'm like, oh, I can't smell, I can't taste anything. Like it, it, it was because I got the t- the test result in, and I was just imagining stuff. I think, but like, I really do think. My, my sense of smell dulled by maybe like 75%. So I could kind of smell some stuff or I could get like whiffs of things, but like, like, uh, you, you gave me one of those delightful Marty and Sarah rum and tobacco candles, which I love. And I was lighting it and I literally dangerously had it under my face, like where my beard could have caught on fire. And I'm trying to get these fumes into my nose. I'm like, I can't smell it. I can't smell it. And every now and again, I would get a hint of it. But oddly enough, my sense of taste got better somehow. Like normally, you associate smell with like the way you taste things. My sense of taste is is great. So, um, but now you know it's starting to come back. I'm starting to smell everything pretty normal. Um, but yeah, it, it, the weird thing is like we're all dreading getting this thing, right? And so we, you know, if you're smart, you get the vaccine and you you do all the proper precautions, but um, even doing that, I got it and I felt like a dirty person. <laughs> I, I know that's not the case. Like, it seems like now you can just get it whenever, but like, I was really bummed out. But I mean, I really do think having the vaccine really knocked out the worst of the symptoms. Like, I, I felt a little sick for like a day or two and I had a cough, like a pretty persistent cough. But, uh, other than that, like, not nearly as bad as like some of these other cases. So, uh, luckily I got the fix and I got the shitty one too. I got the Johnson and Johnson one dose. Um, uh, but no, I, I feel great. My wife feels great. Um, she took her, she got a rapid test. It's negative and we're just waiting on our lab test. So, um, but we've been Lysoling the shit out of the house. Like, 
we've been cordoned off and like in, in different quadrants and uh, just trying to keep safe. And, and my daughter didn't get it, but she's had to stay home because we have it. So uh, we've been we've been locked in the cabin, and it's it's weird. I love being at home, but knowing that I I can't go out to the grocery store is driving me nuts. So it's those uh, it's those small simple things you miss. Yeah, it's it's the knowing you can, even though you don't want to. But when the option is taken away, it oh, I was going a little stir crazy. I'll tell you. And we were running low on supplies. Like I, I had my brother come over and like he bought my my wife some cigarettes and tossed them at the doorstep and stuff. But um, it's nice to be able to go shopping again and you know get back to a little bit of normalcy. Why why would he toss them instead of just walking up to the doorstep and leaving them there? Then you guys come out. I, no, because I, I saw him come up. And he was he he was masked up, and I was like, "Oh, just throw him, stay as far away." Like we were just being assholes, but uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, other than that, we're all good. Like it, it could have been a lot worse. I'm I'm very thankful for you know some people are really sketchy about the vaccine, and I I guess I get it a little bit, but like we've been doing vaccines for so long, like they're proven effective, and uh, like like I said, I'm probably. Ryan famously told me I, I was one of the most at-risk people to get COVID at the shop because I was old and fat. And, like, I, it's true. And I feel like I, I dodged a real bullet, you know, by having the vaccine and being protected. So uh, go out there and get your vaccine if you're not. Like, don't be a weirdo. See, I'm I'm unvaccinated because we all know it's a conspiracy by the liberals to uh... – <laughs> You know, make your children into gay frogs or whatever it is that they believe yeah. in. But yeah, no, definitely go get vaccinated. Like, um, so so last week after we recorded, um, we went to my uh to my parents' house. My family we all gathered at my parents' house because it's been my sister's birthday. A lot of birthdays have been going on. Uh, you know, last weekend was uh Trevor Outlaw's birthday. Um, Juan Juan from the shop, his birthday. Uh, you know, shout out Indiana as well, but it was just a lot of people's birthdays and, uh, we had gathered at my mom's house because my sister's uh, for her belated birthday and stuff. And, um, my nephew, my oldest nephew, he was sick and none of us believed him because he is now at that age where, um, he's figured out if he's sick, he can't go to school. So, you know, the boy gets, you know, quote unquote sick quite often or does not feel that good quite often um so we were like yeah sure whatever you're sick and you know and he he's my nephew so i'm just like you know i'm i'm that annoying uncle where i'm, I'm just i mean just like i'm with my whole family i'm super affectionate with them always hugging them kissing them just like you know and uh fucking sure enough this guy was sick and got everyone else sick like literally like two days later i'm just like mm, i feel a little tickle in my throat and uh and talking with my mom she's like yeah your brother's sick your your dad's sick your sister's sick your baby the baby's sick my sister's boyfriend's sick and i'm like oh no patient fucking zero got us all like i did like funny enough on sunday i was like you know what um i was like i'm gonna do the i don't know if it's i mean to me it's, it's a mexican uncle thing because uh my mexican uncles always did it with me i don't know if like you ever had this but like um like my uncle, like, my uncles would always, like, slip me some money here and there. Like, they'd be like, hey, here you go, you know. We go, whether it was five bucks, ten bucks, or fucking twenty dollars. Like, they'd be like, here you go. And I'd be like, oh, fuck yeah. You know, they'd be like, just be good. And I'm like, oh, fuck yeah, I'll be as good. I'll, I'll be good. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to do the same thing with my nephew. 
you know, so I, I went to the bank, pulled out a nice crisp 20, and before I leave, I gave it to my nephew. You know, I'm like, here. Now knowing that he got me sick, I should fucking go back and be like, actually, you know what? Now you owe me $40 <laughs> because you fucking got me sick. But, yeah, like, I was sick at the shop, dude, and it sucked because, well, so on top of that, my wisdom tooth starts to come in. And whenever my wisdom tooth starts to come in, I I get I get sick for, like, a day or two. I get, like, you know, it's just it's one of those things. I don't know. I'm sure some dentist out there can better fucking explain it. Let's ask Burt Baker. Um, but yeah, I was like sick. And then on top of that, like we're short staffed at the shop and we're already busy as fuck. So it's one of those things where like I could have taken a day off, but you know, I just like, I in good conscience, could, like didn't want, you know to. how important it was. Yeah. You know, so like, like, Poor Frank, we we have someone else uh, out currently, um, and they usually help Frank with their job, with his job, and so now Frank, he's a little bit more backed up. On top of just Frank being Frank, it's the worst job to have there because you have everyone constantly running up to you asking a million questions, like you know, uh, it's it's not an envious job to have. You know, I'm sure the pay is wonderful, but like. Frank is essentially a firefighter, you know, putting out a hundred fires a day. Um, so yeah, dude, I was just, I was miserable at work. I was just so miserable because I was like super sick. Like we were supposed to record some stuff this week, uh, some supplementary stuff for like the Patreon, but we, like I, we just didn't get the chance. Um, I was hopped up on day, I was hopped up on Dayquil and Nyquil all week long, to the point where, um. I left my at one point. I told my mom, "I was like, can you make me some soup?" I was like, "I, I, I like, I know scientifically, soup probably won't do much of anything, but in my head, it'll make me feel better." So I go to her house, pick up some soup, and leaving her house, I drove to my old apartment, got up to the door, and was like, "I don't live here anymore," and fucking, I was like, "Jesus Christ!" Like that's just how tired I was. Um, but I am kind of getting over it for the most part. Like I'm just congested. I don't really have a sore throat anymore. Um, I'm not coughing or anything, so I am just congested, which is the worst. You know, trying to go to sleep when you're just fucking all congested up, I would not recommend. Stuff. Ugh. What's up? You get like a little rattle in the back of your throat, and you just want to cough all the time, and you're like, oh, oh, yeah, no, it, it is. It's just, it's the worst. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, it's kind of the health update for us. Uh, very quickly though, I do want to address something. Um. So, as many of you guys know, by looking at a calendar, um, October is upon us. And spooky season. Yeah, spooky season is upon us. I know for many of you, you guys already started, you know. Uh, I've been seeing, you know, many of you guys. Um, but, uh, what do you call it? Um, it's like I kind of wanted to do something different for the month of October. And as far as I was just like, so if you're a member of the patreon you know we have uh our our spooky conspiracy theory show cryptid show called a scrumpency detective agency so i was like easy we can easily find some stuff for that you know and then we have the regular scrumpenstings family video or our weekly movie review show i was like yeah all same thing with that we can easily find some movies to talk about halloween movies like you know there's an over abundance of them and i thought what better i was like you know what let's fucking let's let's take it up a step or take it up a notch i was like we will i was like let's do like the normal episodes but also kind of do it you know halloween inspired and um 
some movie reviews and stuff like that. So I reached out to some people and, uh, you know, it, it came time to, there's someone in particular in Brody King, Brody King, you know, friend of the show. Um, I'm upset. Boy. What's up? Our boy. Our boy. Yeah. I was, I, I was supposed to be in Los Angeles today at PWG watching him and, you know, Malachi black team up, but clearly that didn't work out. Um, but, you know, we're, we were talking and I'm just like, yeah, you know, do you want to do this? He's like, fuck yeah. Like, you know, let's go for it. I was like, all right. Um, I was like, you know, like, is there any particular movie you want to do? I was like, this is, you know, and he's like, no, no, no. He's like, well, you know, whatever. I'm down. I was like, all right, well, how do you feel about these two movies? He goes, movie one is my favorite movie of all time. And movie two is one of my favorite horror movies of all time. And I was just like, do you want to just do both? So, uh, we will be having the Brody King double feature. So you were going to, you're going to get two weeks worth of Brody King. Um, I'm really excited about that. And we have some other guests lined up as well. Um, so there's going to be a big Halloween month here, uh, you know, at the Patreon. Uh, and I'm excited for it because like, uh, I've already got my Halloween costume picked out as well. I think I mentioned it, um, on here before. Um, if not, I'm going to be Donnie Darko. Nice. Yeah. It's a simple costume, especially with work. Like, um, it sucks because like it's like if it's someone like you like over in your area it's pretty easy to like be in costume all day and just kind of hang out you know um yeah but we're not running around working yeah but with me like i'm constantly running around and it's like the last few years i've done that where like i'll buy some fucking costume and then yeah i have to like run around and i'm like oh, this is i like, i literally just take everything off and i'm like no fuck this and then whenever we take our group picture i'll put it back on um but this is hopefully a lot uh easier to work in i'm not sure i might wind up like, in, yeah i might wind up yeah. getting that off but um yeah i'm excited i will say I, I think i'm gonna miss halloween at work because i think like I think Halloween is on the weekend, so like Friday, which I'm not normally there on Fridays. Um, I find it hard to do costumes because, like, typically we try and do maybe like wrestling themed, but like for me to make like a, a fat guy wrestling outfit is like it's a lot of work. Like, I did um, I did Shockmaster one year that was pretty cool, and actually Mick Foley thought I had Shockmaster's actual helmet when he came to the shop to do some autographs, I have, I have my Shockmaster helmet prominently displayed, you know, by my gigantic garbage dump full of toys. <laughs> and he was like, is that, is that Fred's helmet? And I was like, no, I, I made it. it was, it's actually pretty, really pretty good looking, but uh, I'm probably going to miss the costume portion of the festivities. So you got to represent the PWT cast on your own. Actually, you won't because that specific day there is there's something that we're all doing together as a group. So you definitely will be there that day. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you definitely be there. Um, oh, now I gotta come. To this. You, you know what I've always been thinking about doing, but I don't know if during the our current times if it's appropriate. I wanted to be Akeem the African Dream. Because I think I bear a close resemblance, but I don't think it's culturally sensitive anymore. Yeah, um, it's it's probably not a good look. Yeah, probably, probably not a good look. Um, yeah, so I don't know what to do. You see, but that that's kind of one of the fun things though about Halloween that like you have the option of there, there's there's so many to choose from. There's so much to do. Like I I yeah. I, I always I hate that I'm limited in that. <clears throat> 
I wear glasses and I don't have any contacts, so I can't. I can only really do so much, you know. Like I do, I do remember you wanting to be Penta so bad, mm. and you did like the mock-up of it, and it looked so good. And then like you, you didn't end up doing it because of your because con- your eyes were burning, right? So yeah, for those of you guys who uh, I'm sure I've told this story, I'll, I'll retell that again. Um, last year, or no, maybe it was, no, it was two years ago now. Yeah, I think two, it was two years ago. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I wanted to go dressed up as Pentagon, Pentagon specifically from the uh, um, press conference that they had, at, like uh, Jack in Jacksonville or whatever, when he came out yeah. in like a cool suit or whatever, because he bought that at H and M, and I only know that because I found the exact same thing at H and M. So I was like, oh fuck! I was like, really? All I have to do is um, one, get some contacts, and. Right that exact suit and a mask and super easy do all that i'm not good at putting contacts in i have now had glasses um longer in my life than i haven't had them you know and right. so i'm just i'm not used to putting something in my eye like i've never had contacts never wanted them and so me trying to put them in took forever. Like literally my cousin who she, she, she works like an optometrist office. She literally had to just do it for me. And it one it was so trippy being able to see, you know, normally. And I was just like, whoa, like this is, this is so weird. Cause even when I don't have my glasses, I'm still always adjusting my face and stuff like that. Um, or I'm adjusting these phantom glasses on my face. So I was like, all right, cool. Fuck. I'm going to do Pentagon. I buy the makeup and everything. And, uh, I wake up I wake up earlier that day than normal. I wake up at like eight thirty, which is early for me. And so like I'm I'm trying to put the contacts in, I can't get them in. Then I'm able to get one in. And it is always the worst when you're able to get one in and you're trying to get the other because you essentially have super very super blurry vision in one eye and then normal vision in the right. other eye. And it's just not fun. And I'm trying and I'm trying and I at one point I'm like, you know what? This isn't going to go in like literally probably like 40 minutes past. And I'm like, I'm not able to get this in. So I'm like, all right, let me just take out the other contact. Even fucking worse. Like it's, it's, <laughs> it's the, the worst. Like I can't even fucking do that because again, your eye does not like to be touched. Your eye does not want right. to be touched. And there yeah. I am trying to touch my eye. And so I'm, I'm struggling, Dave. I am sitting there. I'm struggling. And finally I fucking, pop that thing out and for the past two hours at that point i've essentially just been fucking with my eyes so they were just very, you know like if you have one of those like especially when you're younger where you just you cried so much so your eyes are just so puffy and swollen and, and you're all congested. And raw yeah that, that, that was like what my eyes looked like and that's how they felt like my eyes were so tired and sore and like i remember coming to the shop and everyone was like where's your costume and i'm just like didn't work and like and yeah. I was like, are you okay? Because, I mean, it looks like I've just been crying for the past two hours. They're like, who, who hurt you? <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, no, I assure everyone I'm okay. I haven't been crying. It was literally just this. And, yeah, that sucked. Like, it was, again, just yeah. one of those things where I was like, god damn it. Um, I don't know about you. Like, I have bad eyes. And my mom refused to get me glasses because she said I would look like a nerd. Oh, horrible parenting. <laughs> But like, then I always thought like, oh, what what if I got contact lenses, you know, as I got older? But by then I'd been so used to like just having not great eyesight and squinting and stuff all the time. 
and like my biggest fear is putting a contact in and it's sliding all the way around to the back of my eyeball. Like, I don't know if that's like possible, but like, that's always like my biggest fear if I had like a contact and I could, I could never get it off my eye. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely feel your pain on that one. Yeah. Well, funny enough, recently at the shop, speaking of contacts, you haven't been there. Um, we have a, 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 we have a professor at the shop. At least I call him. Yeah. Uh, Professor Heredia, um, <laughs> Michael. Michael's been walking around with glasses, and it's definitely an adjustment. Like, like a permanent thing. He's wearing glasses. I mean, he has been literally the entire time oh. he's been gone. He's been wearing glasses, and I have been fucking giving him shit nonstop, partly oh. at your expense too, because you know, with you not there, I, I have to pick up the slack and, and give him. That's shit. true. And like, they don't look bad on him, you know. Like, he looks, they're just different. It's just different, yeah. And just I'm not used to it, and. It's weird. Yeah, uh, you know what's funny? Speaking of Michael, uh, I can't. Oh, I can't remember. We were watching something, and so, like, if you know stupid Michael, you know he loves his facial hair. He's got like a nice from his sideburns all the way down. He's got like a little chin strap. And someone on TV had it, and my daughter was like, "That looks so stupid." And I just started. I was like, "Oh, stupid Michael has that," and she's like, "Oh yeah, he does." I don't know. I don't know why I thought that was a perfect, but I can't wait to make fun of him. I haven't made fun of him in so long. And I mean, hopefully we'll be making fun of him after he has his baby. It's coming. Yeah. Soon. New baby, baby Heredia. New baby's coming. Baby. Yep. Yeah. Um, you know, no word yet. Though. Yeah. No, no word yet. When, you know, yeah. I don't know. I listen, I've, I have no children. I've never had children. Um, I mean, maybe, maybe I have one. That is always one of those things, yeah, that I, that I know of. Like, I mean, I've been pretty safe, so I, I think I'm yeah. fine. But like, it, it's funny. It's one of those old tropes of like, um, you know, which kind of speaks to like the amount of infidelity that just went on like back in the day, and no one like spoke up about about how people would just like, yeah, I'm your fucking daughter, you know, like so. Um, in, in getting into the spirit of Halloween, I was listening to a, a podcast about Bobby Boris Pickett. Bobby Boris Pickett, of course, um, does you know does the, the monster mash, uh, <laughs> and dude lived kind of an interesting life. First off, uh, you know, it's safe to say one hit wonder with the monster mash, and I love the monster mash. I've always said it is one of my favorite songs. You know, not not even just Halloween songs, but this is one of my favorite songs. Um, but this guy, you know, does the Monster Mash and then sort of just spends the next umpteenth years releasing several parodies, sequels, different versions of it, and none of them are good. Like, none of them are good. Um, but at one point, he does have an illegitimate daughter who shows up and, you know, claims to be his daughter. The guy also hated Elvis. Like, I think Elvis talked shit once about, like, the Monster Mash and that just led to some sort of feud. Like there, there's video of like he's at some concert and he's just like, oh, he's like, well, guess who's still here? He goes, this isn't an Elvis concert. And it's like I don't think that's the burn that you think it is. Like, right. Uh, but very interesting. And I was just like, yeah. I was like, again, it was just a thing where I was like, infidelity was just, you know, you'd be like, oh yeah, when your dad was off at war and and Nam and you know, now here comes this Viet Vietnamese guy and he's like oh i'm your brother i feel like that was just like a common trope or even not even just that but like even you know like i don't know 
you know a lot of those old war movies it seemed to be like these dudes are just cheating on their wives yeah they are uh horny little dudes but are we still talking about michael <laughs> uh, By the way, michael the horniest guy we know on the planet yeah, shout out Michael. But you know, dude, I want so, so there's someone else I wanted to shout out because they accomplished another friend of ours accomplished something major this week, um, and that is of course Effie beating Matt Cardona's three thousand plus day reign, ten year reign as internet champion. Um, it's been ongoing for like a week now, where Effie and Matt Cardona have been teasing you know each other back and forth, clearly teasing some sort of match, um, right. And uh, it was Friday night's GCW show. Um, I believe it was like Matt Cardona issue, like an open challenge. And Effie rolled them up and pinned them for the win. And uh, Effie is now your new internet champion. Uh, and I love Incredible. it. Incredible. Incredible. Yeah. Because what, like, you know, she's our friend, sure. But, like, aside from that, like, I feel like Effie has been – one of you know one of these wrestlers who have been so excellent at like um using the internet you know like they they he's smart enough and he knows how to market himself he knows how to use like the internet to its fullest potential like um you know it's safe to say he has sort of like a um a cult a cult following you know yeah and there's well and also like what i love about fe2 is um, I think last time he was on the show, he had some very pointed criticisms about uh, WWE. And uh, there's a, we all have opinions about like different wrestling things, but like the smart thing about Effie is he knows what he doesn't like in the product that he's seen. And instead of just bitching about it, he's gone out of his way. One, yeah, to use the internet and all the available like, you know, accompaniments of the internet to make the effective change that he wants to see in the wrestling world. And he's done a great job of like marketing himself, but also doing like the the big gay brunch uh, and then making like unique matchups like this, like this with Matt Cardona. Um, Wrestling seems to be like the most fun it's, it's been in a long time. I don't want to say ever because I don't know if you can ever quantify that, but like, for a long time, wrestling has not been this fun, and there's so many different ideas outside of the mainstream, whatever you see on USA Network. Um, and it's just, there's so much creativity and fun, and Effie's like a really big part of that. Yeah, he's also very big on like inclusivity, you know? Yes. Like, again, you know, his kind of thing was like, well, no one's going to put on, no one's going to put on an all gay show, you know, or and, and a whole LGBTQ plus show. So I'm going to do it. And there's definitely something admirable about that because, you know, it's, it's like not everywhere is as progressive as we would like to think. And he's someone who's just like, no, I'm going to fuck, I'm going to do this because I want to do this. Like I'm going to bet the house on it and it's paid off. It's paid off in dividends. Like we hear, you know, we hear so much from like, I I don't mean personally, like I hear so much from people, how fun those shows are, you know, um, Wes and the rest of the Allen club, they went, uh, right before all out and, you know, just spoke so positively about how fun the show was, how fun the matches were. And that's the thing where it's like with all wrestling in general, like, um, wrestling is sort of this buffet, you know, if you enjoy this specific style of wrestling, it's there for you. 
If you only enjoy this specific thing of wrestling, it's there for you as well. And the best thing about a buffet, Dave, is you don't have to eat what you don't want. You know, you don't have to partake in, you know, if if you hate, you know, Mexican Lucha Libre style wrestling. Well, right. you don't have to, you know, partake in it. Um, and so, yeah, that, that's kind of one of the beautiful things, you know, when it comes to like what Effie's done. And yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm fucking stoked. I'm, I'm so happy to see him as internet champion. Like again, someone who like, I love, I, I genuinely, I, I love Effie, you know, and seeing him with that, it's like, it's awesome. And like, it's fun too, you know, kind of seeing like Matt Cardona, like use his rub to fucking, yeah. to, you know, to put over GCW because again, like, um, he was never the biggest guy in WWE in terms of popularity and things like that, but he was someone who, again, built a cult following and has a mat. And I'm sure GCW has gained so many new viewers through, you know, one, him winning the GCW yeah. title from uh, uh, Gage. And and I, they announced, too, for like a show next month, it's going to be Gage versus Mox versus uh, Cardona for the GCW title, which is just it's insane to think about. And yeah, you know, like, good on him he's also someone who again saw what he could do very very early on you know you go look at those z true long island stories like knew the power of the internet and you know is you know rightfully so use it to his full advantage and yeah like good on those two fucking dudes like i'm excited to i'm excited to see you know like a a, a straight up one-on-one -on -one match between them um as it was yeah. again it was it was more so of just like oh i'm gonna roll you up and ha 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 um but yeah, so, so excited for those. About the yeah. yeah, yeah, for that again. Like, let Effie be the champ, internet champion for another ten years. Who cares? Um, but dude, and kind of in speaking about wrestling, um, I imagine you catch uh, Grand Slam this week. Oh yeah, Grand Slam. Um, oh, little Daniel Bryan. So good. Little Brian Danielson finally gets his his five star match rating, which. Uh, I think I've talked about it before. Um, like I, I always hate the discourse that comes when uh, uh, Dave Meltzer gives yeah. or doesn't give someone a five star match because the you know the beautiful thing about wrestling is I can tell you that Daniel Bryan versus Kenny Omega from this last week you know this last week's AEW was the best match ever, and I am a hundred percent right, and I am also a hundred percent wrong. You know, right. I, I can tell you it was a five star match. I can tell you it was a one star match. And I, again, I'm 100% right. Just because, you know, with wrestling, wrestling is subjective, you know. And so you got to take that with a grain of salt. But also, how many how many times have you said, oh, you know what? I really want to see this movie. I, I, I heard it was great. I heard it was good. And someone inv invariably goes, oh, well, if you listen to there's this, this movie review site who said it, it's a terrible movie. And then you watch and you're like, that movie was fucking awesome. It's the same thing with right. wrestling. Same thing with everything, you know, anything. Like, um, sites like Yelp and Rotten Tomatoes and, you know, Meltzer's ratings are good. Are good to kind of steer you in the direction of, like, this is where you should be going. Because a lot of those things that they positively rate, good, you know. Are genuinely good, yeah. Are genuinely good, yeah. Um, but that doesn't mean that, like, you know, it's the best. Like, I, you know, like, I know a lot of people... Now, I'm not one of them, but I know a lot of people enjoy those Fast and Furious movies. You know, like they make an event out of them. Right. And I think those movies are absolute dog shit. 
But like, if you know, if you're someone who gets enjoyment out of it, then who am I to say that you know it, it, it's not like this grand masterpiece of work? Um, and so it, that was just kind of one of the things I thought about because yeah, Brian Danielson finally gets his you know first five star match rating from Dave Meltzer, and that always been a thing where they were like he's never gotten five stars, and it's like yeah, well that doesn't mean he's not fucking one of the best in the world, you know? Um, you know it's like sorry but no i thought i thought that opening match with kenny and daniel bryan was fucking awesome like to me it was just um i i love that they let him do the time limit draw you know i i kind of i kind of wish there would have been like a timer on screen when the five minutes went down um yeah as it would have made it a little bit more anticipated i don't and it with the crowd they kind of you know they booted a little bit at first but i think it would have help with the anticipation but no dude these guys just went out and were going for it this guy's kenny's giving dragon suplexes to brian on on the ramp off the top he did that v trigger from all the way down the ramp like first off beautiful setup um at the arthur ash stadium you know like yes it looked like their wrestlemania really um wonderful sound and just the match is fucking awesome like you see pictures of brian's chest how how like oh, raw and it was red. It's, oh yeah <laughs> it's i love it you know again i well, it, well not only that too but like the wrestling was great so like th- this is really like an exercise in like wrestling crowds too like to me one of my favorite matches was versus hogan at wrestlemania 18 mostly for nostalgia reasons um but, you know recently it's come out that uh, Hulk Hogan might be a piece of shit but at the time i was eating it up and a big part of it was the crowd right and like famously i think john cena said if you turn the crowd noise off it's a it's not that good of a match but because the crowd was into it but like at grand slam brian danielson versus kenny omega one that crowd was lit i mean like rivaling most WrestleMania moments, this crowd was like molten lava hot. And then we had really great wrestling on top of it, which was like made it exponentially better. I, I was so happy. Like I was worried cause like the match started out a little slow and then it just really like, it was like a bell curve. It just went and just like went crazy. Um, I was one, I was surprised that they showed it off first but then it made so much sense. One, because like you want to make sure you have enough time for the match. But but two, I mean, what a statement. Like, you're in the biggest building you've ever been in. You have the biggest live gate. And then one of the most anticipated matches of the year. And there's a lot of people, a lot of e-boys complaining. Uh, oh, what are you hot-shotting this match for? You know what? People that watched it loved it. Like it, it was a great gift to wrestling fans. So like, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed pretty much the entire show of top to bottom. Yeah. I, I thought it was a great show. Like, um, yeah. One, I don't know if you saw it, but I'm, so I'm, I'm putting my conspiracy, my conspiracy hat on. Um, I think we're getting heel Cody. I think this guy is seeing the comparisons to Homelander so much. Homelander. So because even, I don't know if you saw the boys, uh, Twitter account, uh, yes, <laughs> you know, they tweeted out there like the American nightmare is dressed like our American nightmare. Um, I think he's full on embracing this Homelander thing. Um, and you see his, his 45 foot long cape. Yeah. You oh know, my God. Um, because the, the most heelish thing you can do people were have just, a long cape like that. People were just booing the shit out of him. 
Like, yeah. And listen, I'm someone who I like Cody. I know some people are like, oh, Cody. It's like, no, 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 fuck off. Like, you know, it, I, I feel he unjustly gets fucking shit on by the internet. And uh, I think one of the more interesting things you could do with him right now is turn him heel. You know, like, um, he. Or, or, like, my idea is that he just doesn't know he's a heel. Yes. Yeah, sim- similar to how Kurt Angle was. Kurt Angle, on paper, he's your Olympic champion. He lived by the three eyes, which are great. They're great advice. Like, there's nothing wrong with anything he did. But for some reason, like, the crowd didn't like him. In his head, he's the face. To the crowd, he's the heel. Like, it, I think for a lot of people, that's hard to balance. But I think Cody could do it. Oh, definitely. If there's anyone who can pull it off, it's him. But, yeah. I mean, again, he's also someone who I, like... I just and maybe I'm giving him more credit, you know, than he deserves. But like, I just definitely think like that's what he's doing. Like he's seen the complaints, and I don't, I don't know what the situation is with him and the rest of the elite boys. Like clearly, um, based there's on, something going on. Clearly, yeah, based on contextual clues and like body language, it's just those kinds of things. But like, now that you have Adam Cole there. Like, wouldn't it be cool? And I don't, I don't know if that's the direction they'll go in. Probably not. But I think it's like, fuck it. Like, have Cody fucking go full Homelander, oh. and have him join back up with the Elite Boys. Again, I don't know. Again, there's, there's been you know rumors of like backstage. There's you know some sort of uh, bickering or whatever that whatever maybe animosity, the case. animosity. Yeah. Um, and again, I mean, you know, I don't see Cody on being the Elite ever. You know, he's, no, and he was a he was a big part of it for the longest time. Yeah, and so, yeah, I don't know. It, I I think that would be kind of cool. You know, see him go full Homelander, turn on the Nightmare Family, and you know, join the Elite Boys. Uh, but also at the same time, I just think he needs a a, a change of character. You know, like yeah, I mean, there, there's something about there's something about Cody that screams heel like i know i know there's probably times where he just wants to be as loved wholesale as his dad was but when you got he's a good looking guy with a good looking wife who who bleach blondes his hair like he looks like a bully in an 80s movie you know what i mean he looks like the guy that would drive up in a ferrari testarossa Tell tell the valet guy to scram, and then like he would cheat on his girlfriend in the bathroom while doing coke. Like he looks like he's part of it's he's so put together and he's so polished as a performer. You know, like I know sometimes we do our fair bit of WWE bashing, but like he comes from there and he knows production, he knows character. Like that's what they excel at, and I think that's what makes them at odds sometimes with the AEW crowd and the the fan base. It's like they still kind of see him as the slick New York boy um, that might be riding his dad's legacy's coattails. But those are all, those are all the perfect ingredients for like the heel that you're, you're talking about, right? Like there's, you know, the red, white, and blue theme, which is not the most popular thing in today's zeitgeist. 
and he's blonde and he, he's got this gaudy tattoo on his neck and he's got his own show. Like there's all these little bits that make him look like a Hollywood heel that, yeah, I think if he just embraced that, I mean, that's, that's one thing like the bucks excelled at, like whenever they got criticism or they got a cease and desist, they leaned into it and they rode the wave like even farther than they would have gone, you know, ignoring it. So, um, but yeah, I mean, don't you think he, he's just got that quality that makes him kind of unlikable, but like in a in a great theater way, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, you know, he's got the the giant elaborate entrance, like you mentioned, and just yeah, coming out of the floor. Yeah, it, it. So I get it, but like, how much of that do you think is also, and like, how much of that do you think is just people sort of projecting? Because I, I, I get specifically with Maybe. him, oftentimes I feel like it's like, do you ever get that vibe? I, I do. I, there's definitely there's definitely part of it where I hate I hate to be stereotypical, but when you think of the stereotypical neckbeard, sweaty, undeodorized wrestling fan, and they see someone like Cody, that's the antithesis of what they are. There's going to be a natural uh, envy, maybe a uh, natural jealousy, um, and again, that all really goes well with like heel characters. I mean, it worked well for. Well, I want to say it worked well for Ric Flair for years. It's not working so well now. Now that it's catching up to him, but um, I do think there's a bit of projection. Yes, I do also think that maybe Cody sometimes has a lack of self awareness um, that maybe he's catching on to now. But like you know, on paper, the the star spangled hero grandson of a plumber you know you're fighting champion that's great but like to today's audiences that's kind of corny maybe a little bit and i think that's where we're seeing some of the backlash as well yeah there's if that makes sense no there definitely is some sort of like out of touchness it's too much apple pie going on yeah yeah some of that going on and I don't know. But I mean, again, I, I'm, I'm interested to see where this goes. And listen, maybe we're hyping it up for nothing. I don't know. But yeah, I'm just just generally overall with AEW. I'm so happy in the direction that they're going in. You know, even Rampage's show on Friday was it was pretty neat. Like the Punk Will Hobbs match was fucking awesome. And like, I... It's great to see the Trunks again. Oh, CM Trunks is back. Hell yeah. But also, <laughs> it's just it's fun seeing the love of wrestling back in this guy. You know, like... Yeah, I saw a screenshot of him with his arms raised, and he's got a little blood on his face, and he looks he looks tired, like he looked like he, he just went through the ringer. But the smile on his face was like it's like watching a kid get exactly what he asked for on Christmas. Like there's like that you feel so altruistically good for him, and like let's be fair, like there's there's a lot of times CM Punk got a lot of hate. Just for, you know, he, he's got a reputation for a slightly grumpy demeanor. Maybe some people were saying he was hard to work with. Uh, you know, and, and then the thing with him and Colt, a lot of people sided with Colt, obviously. Um, and a lot of a lot of E fans were like, well, yeah, that guy wasn't good anyways. He was skinny fat and all the stupid shit Triple H said. Um, but the one thing you can't deny is the man loved professional wrestling for so long. And you could you could literally see it ground out of him. It's so it's so good, and it seems so impossible to see someone like that get that amount of joy back out of something that might have been dead to him for a while. You know, he posted a video of him like um, getting stitched up, 
backstage after the match with Will Hobbs, and there was some song playing that was like, I'm home, like, I'm finally where I belong, some shit like that, and like, good, good for him. Can you imagine what it's like to have, like, the thing you love the most is ripped out of your fucking hands, and like, you know, for those, for the whole time he was in WWE, like, clearly, clearly, he, you know, he was there, and like, you watch that DVD, like, he wasn't happy for the most part. There was a lot of, like, very surly <laughs> very surly and like rightfully so they didn't like him they didn't want him to be there well he, even brian danielson said something you know he was interviewed and was asked about you know potentially working with or you know facing off against punk and he said he's like i've known punk for so long i've seen you know i saw his first match where he fractured his skull and he still loved wrestling he's like and he wasn't that guy in the wwe and now this is coming from like brian danielson who I mean, graciously, like, I thought it was awesome. He wrote this big op-ed piece of thanking the WWE because he clearly, he had his trials and tribulations in there. But, like, you know, he found his wife. He's got two children because of it. He found great financial success. And with that, it allows him to do some of the more environmentally conscious things that he loves doing. But, like, someone like that even, he looked at someone that a lot of people look at as his peer and his equal in CM Punk. You know, they had similar rises. And he goes... He just was not the same. He was unhappy. And he's like, and I'm here backstage at AEW and I see that he's, he's that guy again that I, that was so happy to wrestle. And it's been apparent to everyone. And whether, whether he's as sharp and as crisp as he was seven or eight years ago, time is going to slow everyone down except for Sting, I guess. Sting is just going to live forever and wrestle. Dude, but how about like, that fucking Sting match? Oh, so good. But um, yeah, I mean like for, for punk, I'm so happy to see him happy, and maybe a lot of the times where you saw him just as cranky and maybe a little abrasive, part of that is um, imagine, like you said, the thing he loved was basically ripped away from him, right? And then he retires, and now the thing that you loved is the thing that you maybe hate, and all anyone wants to do is tell you to go back to it. You know what I mean? Oh, when are you coming back to wrestling? Oh, you're coming back to wrestling. Oh, when are they going to sign you? Oh, you're going to. And for seven years, this guy, this thing that he loved turned into something bitter for him. And no one will stop yapping about it. Like, of course, he's going to get a little cranky about it. But um, I'm I'm happy to see him smile. And yeah, that sting match, by the way. Oh, like, that's the thing. AEW knows how to use legends and old stars and, and people were going, Oh, you signed all these old WWE, whatever. Sting still has it. And he knows when to turn it on and they're using them very smartly. Uh, clearly we're going to get a Darby sting match eventually. And it's going to be awesome. <laughs> Dude. It's just like you, you think about, <laughs> Like, all of these fucking people um, who've come through WWE, like, legends, where they just treat them like dog shit. Yeah. You know? Like, and it's just, it's so refreshing to see the opposite. Same thing, like, WWE put out this video of, like, you know, like, top dead people getting embarrassed in their hometown. And they have this weird, like, you know. This weird hard-on for that. Yeah, and it's, again, I just, I don't get, like, I get do I get doing it every now and again, right? Like you can't you can't give them exactly what they want every time. Like you have to have a little bit of drama. 
but that's what makes like a hometown hero losing in front of his hometown crowd or her. Uh, that's what makes that loss so much more gut punching is when like, you're like, Oh yeah, they're going to win clearly. And then you give them the old switcheroo every now and again. Right. You, you can't have predictability in wrestling, but like they're predictable on the other way. Like if it's your hometown, you don't want to wrestle. Or if you're Zelina Vega, they'll just like, you know, they'll hype you up and make you think about your, your father and then just from the show. But like, yeah, they have, I don't know what it is about them treating hometown heroes like shit. It, it's really sad. It it seems vindictive and bullying. Yeah, very much so. You know, um, I don't know. It's just, it's weird and whatever. I'm, I'm much more happy with, the um AEW style of booking when it comes to that sort of thing. Yeah. Um and yeah, you know. Well, I mean, and I'll, I'll also tell you what, like either legends get treated like shit or they get treated like unstoppable monsters that can destroy your current champion, which is weird. Like, you know, they'll bring Goldberg out every Saudi Arabia time to like win the title and then lose it like 2 days later. But like I'll tell you what, like if they did a series of matches building up to Sting trying to get the title one last time, I would hang on that because they've treated him so well. The way he's done stuff has made so much sense. He's helping out a lot of like by all accounts, he's giving people, you know, critiques and tips and, you know, he's helping a lot backstage, like to see him get one more run that makes sense booking wise, not just like, oh, we got Sting, he's going to fight for the title and then he wins it. That doesn't make any sense. But like the way AEW is doing it, like I could see him going for a title run and I would believe it a little, you know, not that I think he would win, but then if he did win, I'd be happy for him because of the way that he's been used properly this whole time. So Can you- a lot of people give, a lot of people give AEW booking shit and they'll, you know, the, all oh, the 10, 10 super kicks and three Canadian destroyers. And I get it. But guess what? I've seen so many of that shit live and it's awesome. Ken, Kenny Omega versus thing at full gear. Book it. Oof. Book uh, it right now. Yeah. So speaking of, of booking things, um, this sort of just came out of nowhere. I thought it was some sort of internet joke. Um, but apparently they, they are doing a, uh, super Mario brothers movie. Oh man! Um, and they they released a voice cast, um, and some of the people uh, in this in- includes uh, Chris Pratt who'll be voicing Mario, um, Anna Taylor Joy who'll be voicing Princess Peach, Charlie Day voicing Luigi, Jack Black will be voicing Bowser, Keegan Michael Key will voice Toad, Seth Rogen will voice Donkey Kong, uh, and Fred Armisen uh, voicing Cranky Kong. And Kevin Michael Richardson, of course, uh, Kamek. And then someone named Sebastian Men- Maniskilo will voice Spike. I, I myself, um, I have not played many of any of these Mario games. Um, again, I'm just not really a gamer. Like, I've played some of them. Like, I've played the cart one where you go around and uh, throw turtles at each other or whatever, you know, um because those were fun but just mario's never been like you know the end all be all for me very much in the same way i've seen some people reacting to this online uh what was like your and honestly i'm fine with that casting you know like i know people were just like like people wanted fucking tony soprano to voice 
Mario, or even there's the the voice actor who's been voicing Mario and Luigi for the past few years, which they did say like he will he will be yeah Charles Martinet yeah they're yeah like, he will be included in this, and I get it. It's like if you're putting on a major movie, you can't have that guy voice <laughs> Mario. You know, it has to be like a big name draw. But what was your what was your sort of reaction when when seeing this? Um, so like I. I'll be honest with you. When, when it comes to animated movies like this, whenever they have um, like the star-studded ensemble cast, I, I I cringe sometimes because there's when it comes to like DreamWorks movies, there's just something too like winking at the audience about it. I don't know. Like I don't know. I. And the other thing, I don't know if Chris Pratt's a great choice for Mario. Like, I, I understand you can't have Charles Martinet go, it's a me, Mario, look, it's a me, oh, I'm eating pasta. Like, you can't do that because, one, you'll want to blow your brains out because of how uh, annoying it is. But, like, nothing about Mario screams Chris Pratt to me. <laughs> and I, I don't even know how you could you could do it and make it sound right without people thinking of, it's a me, Mario, like it's just so ingrained into like the video games. And especially when it comes to like, you want to talk about sacred cows <laughs> when it comes to video games, Nintendo and it's uh, first person or it's first party IP. Like you got Zelda donkey, Kong. donkey Kong and Seth Rogen is a great idea, I think, but you know, legend of Zelda, like link doesn't talk. So it's hard to think of someone actually doing a voice. Of, you know, they didn't have the cartoon before. I don't know what to think. Like, I don't know what to think of Charlie Day as Luigi. I just, <laughs> there's a lot of interesting choices. I guess, um, I guess we'll find out. I mean, I hate to trash it before I see it because, like, the Sonic the Hedgehog movie, I thought was going to be hot doo doo, especially like when they changed the way he looked. And all that. I was like, this is just a mess for me. But, like, Sonic ended up being really good. You know what I mean? And I, I also didn't like the voice actor chosen for him. Like, I thought they should have brought Jaleel White back from the cartoon, but it worked. So what do I know? I'm not a movie maker, but it, these were some strange choices, and they seem like they came straight out of a focus group, or they did some kind of algorithm, and they said Chris Pratt would be the most likable by 2.5%. Um, but apparently not. Like, everyone's shitting on it, so... We'll see. Like everyone's been waiting for like a true Mario animated movie, and so I hope they stick the landing because I like Nintendo characters. I like Mario, um, but it's unique. It's unique. I'll I'll give them that. Yeah, like I don't. Know, you know, again, don't don't really care for the for the franchise. But I mean, this yeah. if they can. I really enjoy that Sonic movie. Like I, I loved it. Um, yeah. So if you know, if it. Can... Oh, and Fred, Fred Armisen is Cranky Kong. Pretty inspired idea. <laughs> like I like the, I I like half of it. Like half of it, I'm like that's a pretty good idea, and then the other half, I'm like I don't know, I don't know about that. But yeah, what do I know? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, again, sure. Why not? Like I'm not, I'm not gonna feel any type of way either. You know. Either which right. way, you're not invested. Yeah, <laughs> so it's like, sure, maybe it'll be fucking awesome. You know, maybe it'll. Oh, spe- speaking of games, there's been a, f- a Netflix phenomenon going on 
Word of mouth has been traveling. Have you watched any of Squid Game? Dude, I haven't, but I've not stopped <laughs> hearing about it. Like I know uh, it's so good. So Jonathan Delgado, Johnny uh, over at the yep. shop, you know, he's uh, what the hell? yeah, he's someone who has been telling me nonstop, like nonstop about this show, and I see everyone posting about it, and I've just like. I again, I've just I've I've been so fucking busy with work that I I've not yeah. I've not had the time to watch any TV. The only thing I watched as far as TV goes this year was um what do you call it uh this week's episode of What If, which I fuck I hated. Like I didn't watch it. I think I've given up on What If. I'm gonna be honest with you. <laughs> no, like it, dude, dude, this this one was just so cringe and corny. Like really, I hated it. Like I with like I actively so. The whole the whole premise is like, um, what if Thor, like, uh, what if Thor was an only child? In uh, with the premise being like, since Loki wasn't there to sort of you know keep him centered and keep him more of serious, he just becomes a straight up like frat boy. And that's the whole thing, and um, so he comes to Earth this giant party. It's just cameo filled like with all characters from the from the Thor universe. Um, uh and jane foster and shield are kind of like well, what the fuck do we do like we you know we don't know what to do um so they call captain marvel they pull out the pager they call captain marvel captain marvel shows up and you know her and thor sort of fight it out battle it out and ultimately they have to call his mom on him they have to tell on him by calling his mom and like he has to clean up it was just it felt so saturday morning at like literally it it felt as if they forgot to write an episode and just on the spot was like all right just uh and kind of just bullshitted it it was so bad it was so cringe i know some people enjoyed it it was the lowest common denominator type entertainment i i i actively hated it there's a scene at the end that will sort of factor into the last three episodes, which I'm just like, okay, totally feels out of place, but sure. But like, I actively hated it, dude. Like, it was just, it was one of those things where I, I have nothing positive to say about it. Like, nothing. It was just, it was just so cringe, you know? Like, and I get, like, because the thing to me with Marvel is that, like, it's one of those things where, like, it's aimed towards kids sure primarily because they want you to buy all the merch they want you to fucking you know get your parents to buy you every single avengers everything sure i get it but like the thing i enjoy about marvel is that they they, you know they never talk down to me per se you know like it's always like sure this is a medium in which this is typically for a specific audience of a certain age but you make it so well and that like I can enjoy it as an adult, as in an almost 30 year old man, I can enjoy this. Um, and I, I felt like they, that's not at all what they did with this. It was just way too kitty for me, you know? Right. And I just, I hated it. Like, oof, hated yeah, it. for me, there's just been something about, you know, since the beginning, I, I've been kind of half shitting on the show. There's just something I don't, I don't like about it. It's just, I, I, f- I found maybe, one or two episodes where I've enjoyed it. And then other than that, I've been like actively eye rolling and groaning at some of the decisions they make. I don't know. Like to me overall, what if has been kind of a miss for me? So yeah, I think I've, yeah. And here's the, here's the other thing too. We say it like 
if you don't like something, you don't have to watch it. Like I kind of had to watch some of it cause we were talking about it, but like, I'm at the point where I'm like, I don't, I don't want to be frustrated when I watch TV. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so like, I don't know to me, what if a miss? I, on it, like I wish, so I get it, you know, where it's like, I almost kind of wish that from episode one, would have been the start of whatever because clearly there's going to be some sort of like a multiversal like war right you know guardians of the multiverse i wish from episode one that would have been made clearer that would have been like the underlying story so that we see everything that's building up towards that you know right um i just i enjoyed much more of you're a little more invested yeah, yeah because it's that because it's like well what like what what the fuck do i care about captain carter you know or what do right. i care about um it's just all these other things. It's like, clearly they're all going to connect. Sure. But it's like, if I know, you know, it's uh, compared to, um, we see Thanos at the end of the first Avengers. And so, you know, everything that's happening after that, Thanos is going to be involved and those infinity stones are going to be involved. And, um, you know, not every movie are they like, oh, no, I hope there's not a cosmic giant out in space who's going to try and come for these. No, they build up to it. Right. And I guess it's a different structure. It's a different narrative that they have, to, a different space that they have to do it in. You know, they don't have nine hours to tell the story. They have half of that. And they all have right. to be their each own individual thing. I, and I've enjoyed What If. I know some people haven't. I know you say you haven't. I've enjoyed it for the most part. I just wish there would have been more story up front as to what exactly is happening. I'd rather like give us the full on villain reveal at the front and what is going on. And we sort of see this team being assembled, you know? Yeah. Almost, almost like I, I wish he would have done like what you're saying, but like, like famously in the Marvel cinematic universe, I mean, it's really trained a whole generation of people to just stay after the credits you know, and I almost wish they would have done like after credits stingers after every episode. That would have been the setup going, you know, along the way to, you know, the Guardians of the Multiverse or whatever. I don't know. To me, it's just been wildly inconsistent. And like when it's good, it's good. But when it's bad, it boy, it stinks on ice, you know. <laughs> like it, it, it's not even that I, I hate it. I just, don't care about it. And that, that may be even worse to like, I just really don't have any opinion on it. So, um, who knows? I, I'll, in all honesty, I'll probably catch up and watch the finale, but I don't know right now. I like a new episode of what if does not have me going, Oh shit, it's time to watch like oh, pretty much every Disney plus Marvel thing that's come out and, and star Wars. But, um, yeah, we'll see. I mean, we, we still got a few more episodes to go, right? Three, I believe, yeah. Three? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, really quickly, uh Star Wars Visions. I know you watched some of it. I have I have not watched it. Ooh, what's what's uh what's kind of the vibe you're getting from that? Um well first we we talked about this off air. You know, there've been a few people squawking on the internet saying, This is too much too much Japanese stuff. This is not what Star Wars is. And we laugh and you know, if you're a fan of anything Star Wars, clearly you know the vast majority of it is Japanese influence. So, so for people to shit on that is, is one weird and two, 
you're really letting your ass hang out on this one. But um, I, so far, I kind of like the first episode. I really didn't like the second. So, like, the first one was kind of like um, – it's kind of like almost Seven Samurai-esque where there's, like, a village and there's some bandits trying to take over and then – you know, they have their own protectors. I don't want to spoil anything, but, um, and it was mostly black and white with some, some color accents here and there. Um, it seemed very experimental, like in a good way. It wasn't a great episode, but it, it was different and like imaginative. And it was like, all right, so I could see the possibilities. And then the second one was more of like a, like a kawaii style, like cutesy, the story about like a, a rock band. I didn't like that one. And it's, um, so we'll see. I've only seen two of them. I don't know how, how many are out. I think they did. I, oh, I think all of them are out. So, um, I was going to watch some with my stepson, but because we were trying to isolate in the house, it was really hard to get us coordinated. So, um, I'll probably watch a few more episodes this week and get a better judge of it. Um, but I know there's been a lot of opinions that some of the episodes really sucked and some of them were pretty good. So it might be another one of those things where it's a little uh, inconsistent. The, the whole idea reminded me of um, – I don't know if you've – have you seen the Animatrix? No, I've not, not, not seen the Animatrix. So the Animatrix was great. It was like an anthology series and it, it, it was kind of the same idea. It would have like – artists of different disciplines doing their own take on a story in the matrix universe. And then, uh, Batman had one, I think it was called Gotham Knights, um, which was also really good. And so I'm getting those vibes off of this. Um, I haven't seen the quality of those two previous properties, you know, in comparison to this new star Wars one, but I'm assuming they got some pretty good ones in there. So I'm, I'm still excited to watch it. Yeah, I mean that's good. It's the, you know, until Book of Boba Fett comes out in December, um, as much Star Wars, waiting. As, yeah, as, as much Star Wars as as we're gonna get. Um, uh, very quickly though, uh, before actually, I, I guess I'll kind of just talk about it now. Um, did you see that uh, Marvel's suing the 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 heirs of of these characters that were created? Which I guess the, the way the story yeah. goes is. Um, they sort of banded together, and they're trying to get the rights of these characters back from Marvel in an attempt to get right. more money out of them. Um, right. Which I, the argument can be made either way. You know, it's like, yeah, should these people be getting paid more money? Sure. You know, uh, but also it seems, at least to me, kind of like a snake move to just like – Oh, you guys are at the peak of your popularity. Okay, now we have a problem with how much residuals it is that we're getting. I, I don't know, you know, like. I don't yeah, know. I, I see the I see the point from both sides. So, uniquely, I have a pretty good view of how Marvel views the properties. So, as the head designer for Pro Wrestling Tees, there have been times where. I've done stuff that has done very well on pro wrestling tees. And because I'm on salary, my job is to create those things, right? I'm, I'm on salary. I make the art. The art is owned by uh, either pro wrestling tees or by the wrestler 
that we're representing. So like, let's say, um, Brutus, the barber beefcake says, Oh, I want a hall of fame design for myself. And I make one. It does really well. He owns that. My job is to make him the art that he owns. Um, so my job is in the service of either pro wrestling tees or the actual wrestler or a state of the wrestler, uh, that's requesting the art. So for me to then turn around and say, Hey Brutus, that shirt did really well. Um, I think I should get residuals off of that. Now, sometimes that's happened. Sometimes I've made like a really good design and then I've gotten a bonus for it. Um, that does happen, but those are always like pleasant surprises. Those are not things that are worked into my working agreements. Um, I just, it's tough. I, I think if your job is to work for Marvel and come up with characters for Marvel, it's Marvel's character. That being said, if you make something as incredible as a Spider-Man or a Captain America, with as much money as ABC, Disney, you know, Marvel have in their war chest, for, I mean, for them to be able to buy Star Wars off of George Lucas, you have enough money to give money to the families of the creators. Do, do I think they should be legally mandated to? No. But I do think in the spirit of goodwill – I think, you know, like the family of Stan Lee should always be taken care of. I think Steve Ditko's family, you know, like all these people that uh, Jack Kirby's family, all these people that have had a hand in making the cornerstones of what is now a multi-billion, billion, billion dollar industry. Like they should be taking care of these people, at least a little bit monetarily. I know you can't do it in perpetuity, but... I don't know. Like, I'm very afraid. I, I don't know what you think. Cause like, clearly we're both very big Marvel fans, but now we're starting to see a little bit of the shine wear off after the infinity saga. Like, you know, we got the thing with uh, Scarlett Johansson and black widow. Uh, there was a little bit of a dust up with, uh, uh, the Shang-Chi movie and, uh, yeah, there's like all these different things that now are not Marvel's not doing everything perfectly now. Right. And it's starting to worry me. Like, is this the part of like we were championing them being number one and wow, like these are our guys. They're our standard bears. Are we at the point of where they're so successful and they've done so much good that now we want to tear them down? Like, are we rooting for them to be knocked down a peg or two? I don't know. What are your thoughts? Like, I, I look at this and I'm just kind of like, oh, is the business side going to get in in front of the art side and really mess up something pretty sweet for everyone? Like fans, investors, the company itself. Like, are, is the greed really going to start to mess up this this perfect mixture we've had for a while? See, I feel like that won't be the case because from what I was reading is that at worst, at worst, Marvel would still legally be co-owners of all these characters right. so they're not going to fully lose the rights to, to all these people there's just there's no way that legally in court that would happen which is i guess is why they're countersuing because there's like they they their lawyers are like no you have enough of a you have enough of a case here that you'll be fine right um and i, and I also understand you have to protect yourself legally you can't just let because like this is the family of the creator you can't just let them do whatever you know, uh, to the detriment of the company. I get that, but there's just something. It always seems evil when the big corporation is suing 
the family of, of a dead creature. You know what I mean? Like, no matter how justified they are, it just seems off-putting, if that uh, makes sense. I mean, sense. honestly, like, in this point, I, I'm kind of siding with... With Marvel. Mar- with Marvel. Yeah. Like, and because again, like, I, I, 100%, I, I see what you mean. I, I, I see where you're coming from. Um, but again, I don't know. To, to me, it's like, I mean, specifically the Scarlet stuff, it's like, yeah, that was kind of like a, a black guy. I'm not, I'm not exactly sure what you were referencing as far as the Shang-Chi stuff. What was, well, they, they, they mentioned because, you know, in the wake of, um, in the wake of like, the Scarlett Johansson lawsuit and the, Oh, uh, we did the simultaneous home theater release and movie release. And that hurt the box office. And then like the head of Marvel said, Oh, uh, we're going to be releasing this in theaters first and it'll be a great data point experiment. And then the guy that plays Shang-Chi is like, we're not an experiment. We're not, you know, we're not some data point numbers. We're a cultural movement. And it, it, like, it was so weird before the movie come out to have the lead really like dig his heels in and, and pointedly say, you know, what you said was fucked up. Oh, geez. I had no idea that happened. I mean, yeah, was, I mean he, he said, he said, we're, we're not an experiment Marvel. Like he was, he was really like, he, he basically said, fuck you for saying that. And then like, they clarified this and that's, that's not what we meant. But, um, just the fact that you would have someone in their break, kind of their breakout role uh, for Marvel, feel that they need to say that publicly is kind of like, oh wow, what's going on like behind the scenes that he felt he needed to say this. So I don't know, I don't know. I'm I'm hoping not because, like I said, for me, the Disney Plus stuff and Disney owning Marvel and them, you know, their output of movies and and properties has been really like a dream scenario like everyone says oh disney's gonna own everything and yeah there's stuff to be said about that but like as a marvel fan and as a movie fan it's worked out great and i just don't want to see the red tape and the paperwork side really ruin the art side of it and you know i hope this isn't kind of like the first harbingers of that honestly i think i think we'll be fine like i think it's one of those uh, it's one of those Kevin where, like, it all over. The what? A friend of the show, Kevin F, is really going to patch things up. And, well, I, and also, there was that thing with Spider Man where, like, Sony and Marvel couldn't get together and we almost lost Spider Man. It's just like, come on, guys, get this shit together. Tighten it up. Yeah. And you know what? It's because of that. I think, one, because of, you know, situations like that and because of, uh, situations where they have now, they have so much planned out that, Right, they're not gonna risk it, you know. They'll they'll make sure everything's right. Yeah, they'll they'll, they'll make yeah. sure that, that it's right. Um, so I, I'm I'm not too particularly worried really about. That. They've been pretty smart so far, so I've got to give them the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. But I, and I will say though, I am because I'm still excited about all this upcoming Marvel stuff, particularly this Doctor Strange movie. I'm not gonna spoil it yes. for you guys, but there's been. So much stuff that's been leaking out that I guess is all pre-visual stuff um, for like storyboarding purposes and things like that. I don't know if you've seen any of this stuff, Dave. Um, well, let me ask you: Is there any Shumagoras? Nope. There, I I have not seen. Oh any. man, <laughs> I have not seen. But there, but there is plenty of uh, there's plenty of stuff that I, I think I, I'll mention again because it's so super spoilery. I don't want to I don't want to go too into yeah. it here. 
uh, we'll, we'll talk about it off air but um again if what they're showing is to be true God. We're in for a wild ride. We're in for a wild fucking ride. And again, this is like the this is the stuff. This is just the stuff that they're sh- that's being leaked out. Not even the stuff that right. isn't. Um, which I very I was going on a rant earlier this week about uh, like videos like that where people are like talking about spoilers and stuff like that. There's this one TikTok channel where these two guys um, that like irritate me because of just. All the videos are like, um, so <clears throat> I'll go like this in a manner. Um, Did you hear about the Doctor Strange theory? No. What is it? Well, you know how in the next movie, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, Elizabeth Olsen is rumored to be showing up? Yeah. And then the guy will go into whatever it is. But every video is like that. Like Ugh. every video they do where it's like, did you hear about the William Shakespeare, William Shakespeare theory going on? No. What is it? And it's just... It's one of those things where I'm like, I get it. You're doing it for purposes. Clearly, I remember it. Um, but it is always fun. It is always fun when like different people they go to like these different sources and you know for for all their like little spoilers and leaks. Um, you know, because it's just it's fun. Um, another thing though that's really fun though, Dave, is being being a member of the Patreon. Um, yes. I, I, again, I, I mentioned that we have a lot of. There's a lot of uh, stuff in our catalog, as well as just the regular episodes of, you know, PWT cast. There's episodes with the Young Bucks, Matt Cardona, Effie, uh, Killer Cross, now Carrying Cross, Elena Black, now known as Cora Jade, over on uh, on NXT, um, Eric Bischoff, just a, a bunch of fun episodes. Vicky Guerrero, go back, you know, go back into the archives and check some of those out if you haven't already. Um, but I do want to give a shout out to the, the wonderful patrons of the show. You for, I, I mean, listen, it's the end of the month. So if, I, if I'm any of you guys and you want to partake in and some of this fun content stuff, wait for Friday just so that you don't get double charged for, you know, for, for two months and uh, join the Patreon because we are right now. We're only at 23. I, I think it'd be cool if we get to 25, you know, especially in time for a spooky season. Again, as we have a lot of a lot of fun uh, Halloween content coming your guys' way. Um, it's specific like this week, this week we're going to have, uh, uh, to just sort of kick off, uh, the season of Halloween. Um, this Wednesday we'll have an episode on the Babadook, uh, for Scrum and Sick Detective Agency. And then, uh, Friday we'll be talking about the movie, the Babadook. Um, I'm not familiar with, with either, or it's kind of one of those things that like kind of went by the wayside, but I'm kind of interested to learn and, and, and hear about this, especially because, uh, for those unaware, the Babadook. Uh, an ally when it comes to the LGBTQ plus community. Um, I think they sort of adopted him because of some sort of uh, algorithm on Netflix that uh, categorized it as such. But regardless, uh, we're excited to talk about this week. And like I mentioned, we have tons of reviews, movie reviews. You know, The Joker, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Shawshank Redemption, uh, Forrest Gump, just a bunch of fun stuff. So again, for as low as five bucks, you can sign up. And you can, you, you can be uh, mentioned on this very podcast, much like Clifford Fraser, Jesse Kohlenberg, uh, Mark Villanueva, our little buddy, Joshua Davis, Ryan Mears, the Invincible Man himself, our manual finding in, Shannon Howenick, Jonathan Mayer, Hot Topic Joe, Ryan Crossley, Taffy, Vivian, uh, Anthony Torres, Brandon from New Jersey, the great and powerful W.H. Park, John Sino, uh, my godfather, Jesus. 
Shout out Jesus. Shout out Jesus. What I'll say, I posted that picture of him today and I was very proud of every single person that just commented, shout out Jesus. <laughs> yeah. uh, old Brad, old B. Dornick, uh, Moises Garcia, Sean Levine, Eric Campbell, Katie Fabe, and of course, our man, Steve Feast. Thank you again for everyone to stick around for it. Um, I'm excited to bring you guys next week uh, the uh, Brody King, the first part of the Brody King double feature. I, I'm, I have a very strong indication you guys will not be disappointed um but yeah dave uh before we get out of here any final words i don't know i just uh like i said i'm i'm happy covid's gone through my system and uh nary a scratch to be seen so uh i'm feeling good uh you know i i only actually come into the shop twice a week but i've missed it over the past you know a couple weeks that i've been gone so it'll be nice to see the guys and uh you know give you guys some dap when i come in but uh yeah, feeling healthy, feeling good, uh, feeling great for the rest of the week. I hope you guys are too. All right, you guys. Well, for the PWT cast, I've been Scrump. And this is Stank. And this is friend of the show, Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega here, friend of the show. Unfortunately, we've run out of things to say. And so, well, we must bid you adieu. So, until next time at the PWT's cast, goodbye and good night. Bang. Bang.